0: Welcome to the John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of WorthPoint. This
1: podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Hey, everyone. John Chapman here. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. Today, we interviewed Frankie Calkins. Frankie is the author of The Money Resolution, a new book that's been published here in the first quarter of 2019. Frankie is uh, just a super fun guy to talk to, crazy passionate about his transformation and um, what he's been through over the past year going from uh, student loan debt, consumer debt, like, um, and just something that he completely stuffed down and avoided and then eventually one day woke up and faced his fears and just decided to go at it with 110% force. So I think a lot of what he has to say is super relatable for people that um, have any type of debt, they've overcome goals, and they've really tried to take it on themselves to learn about saving and investing. So there's just an insane amount of takeaways from this podcast. Um, You should check out Frankie's book. Again, it's The Money Resolution. So without further ado, I'll bring him in. Hey, Frankie, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, Frankie, you just wrote a book, (laughs) the money, I did did write a book and that came uh, into focus for me a couple of weeks ago. So part of why I wanted to have you on today was, um, Really, to talk about the journey, of course, um, and what what what's gone on in your personal life over the past two years, uh, without oversharing, maybe. Um, sure. <laughs> and then, you know, um, of course, the things in the book are going to be really helpful and relevant, but people can read the book, I guess, themselves and get the takeaway. So it might be fun yeah. to talk about how you worked on it, um, what 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 even led you to creating this book, and like what were the steps of actually like publishing, whether or not you self published. I don't even know all the terminology there. So sure. So let's let's start with you know, take us to uh, 2017, <laughs> where were you prior to this book and what were some of the things that motivated you to kickstart your money, your money resolution? Yeah, for sure. So
0: I was happy in 2017 because ignorance is bliss, right? So <laughs> Great. Uh, I didn't know what I, I didn't know, but, um, you know, deep down I knew I had an issue. Um, and what I didn't realize was that a lot of people struggle with the same issue, which is, which is debt. Um, for me, yeah. it was, was student loan debt for sure. Um, because okay. I not only went to undergrad, I went back to grad school and I accepted like the maximum loan they offered me, of course, not, not overthinking it. And, and I just figured like, you know, these things will figure themselves out. That was kind of mm-hmm. the mentality I okay. had for a long time. I'd heard, of, heard about this thing called student loan forgiveness. And I was like, Oh, that'll be me. Just make like the minimum payments. And this like mountain of debt will go away. Um, you yeah. know, and, and then on top of that consumer debt. I'd like to consider myself a frugal person my whole life. I think I was, I was raised right. that way. But yeah. consumer debt just has a way of piling up, right? Especially, again, when you're ignorant to how interest works against you. And you're ignorant mm. to how interest works in your favor as well. So, mm, you know, that totally. interest starts piling up and you, you make your minimum payments on those credit cards, but you just feel stuck, right? So, Uh-oh. if I had to describe myself, sure, I was happy because I was ignorant. Um, <laughs> but I knew deep down I was stuck. Okay. And okay. I, wasn't, right. I wasn't climbing out of that anytime soon, it felt like
1: mm I can't imagine that. Yeah, you you sort of that that feeling of stuck is deep down there, and uh, sooner or later it rises to a higher level of consciousness, and yeah. that, that could feel that could feel stressful. Like, <laughs> were you talking with anybody uh, when you that's, start to feel, yeah. like higher amounts of stress? Yeah, that's exactly what I was
0: going to say. Was um, you know money is such a taboo topic, and we just don't we don't talk about it. Like we don't even talk about it with our closest loved ones, right? And and we assume that everyone else around us is doing really well. So it's like this like deep rooted mm. embarrassment right that you have that you think you have this problem and it's this like private problem you carry around this giant weight of debt on your shoulders when when the reality is if we were talking about it a lot of people are going through the same thing or a lot of people have overcome something very very similar to what you've gone through and probably has super awesome advice but we're not we're too scared or embarrassed to, to try to reach out and tap into it um, yeah. or even just be honest with ourselves, right like looking your financial self in the mirror and mm. see where you stand, like that can literally be the hardest thing is just like getting started and looking at your situation.
1: So who was it? How did you start sharing this? It it at one point was in your mind and then it, it came out either on paper or in person with people. So how did that come about?
0: Yeah, that's a... That's a tough, well, throughout this year, so I set this resolution at the beginning of the year, and it, I talk about it in the book, it's line one of the book, my resolution was money. It's like the vaguest resolution I've ever set and
1: the only <laughs> I've ever stuck with. Yeah, um, so throughout that's the funny, year, because that's the opposite of what people say, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the opposite of a smart goal, but you actually stuck to it because there's yeah. something deeper in that was really driving you.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it was like, as I was uncovering little things or experiencing small wins, I started to like That's keep going, one. right? Just like yes. compound, just like compound interest, like it's compounding knowledge. And so as you start to have a couple of small wins, you realize those couple of small wins actually build up. But you know, to your point, I was going through this year, kind of mostly privately, like my girlfriend knew I was... You know, working on this thing and I would get excited right all the time and like talk about it with her and she would listen. She was a great listener. Um, It wasn't a lot of (laughs) back and forth conversation at first because again, she's dealing with her own situation. And I didn't even know going into that year, like what her situation was. So Mm, I I definitely didn't talk about it with uh, friends or, or family. I just talked about it with myself by writing things down. Um, And then I I talked, I should say, to, not with. (laughs) I talked at uh, my girlfriend a lot about just the things (laughs) I was learning and and like the little things, the little wins, the little victories that I was excited
1: about. Give me an example of a little win. I think that was a huge, um, just like... Light bulb for me, because that's, that's really starting, that's starting the momentum. You know, the hardest part is to start, but then if you can get a quick, small win right away, like think about how much that would mean to you when you, when you're starting a new project like this. So what's one example of like a quick win?
0: Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you two. Um, one is super easy and it was just um, the app Acorns. So just oh, cool. downloading yeah, Acorns totally. and, and setting that up because I'd heard so many people around me talking about their Acorns account and I didn't understand how it worked. So that was like the easiest way to kind of just automate and have some money getting stashed away. Um, and it's really fun, right? Every couple of weeks or whatever, just to look at it and say, wow, this is really actually growing and invested. But I would say like the first like huge momentum boost I got was when I was able to track down old IRAs. So I actually okay. had two outstanding IRAs. One gotcha. of them was literally 10 years old. And this is from <laughs> collecting my, dust, <laughs> collecting dust. No, you're absolutely right. Cause it wasn't invested anymore. It was sitting there. It was my, uh, oh, dude, my yeah. teacher retirement account. Got it. Got and it. it. Okay. They had been sending me notices for years. Um, but I assumed these were like bills. I, I, that's how ignorant I was. Right. I just like ignored everything. But the moment I was able to find these things. Now I will say that process isn't fun, like rolling over IRAs, It did take some time, a lot of forums, a lot of phone calls, no doubt about it. But, but be persistent because all of a sudden when I, I didn't know I had, if I had any money, right, saved up in old IRAs. And when I tracked down, I think it was something like $35,000, put it all into one place and I could see it. (laughs) And then I could, and then I finally knew what my net worth was for the first time in my life. I realized like, oh my gosh, it's not as bad as I actually thought it was. And that might not be the situation for everybody. Um, And that was kind of actually, I, I might actually call that a big win yeah uh, but that's a big win but i knew that money was there and just tracking it down was a big big first step for me
1: that's so, that's so cool so let's see so the money resolution that started in 2018 so i guess you know a year ago is that when you yeah. That's when you first sort of put pen to paper and you started thinking about, okay, I'm going to learn and tackle this stuff. I'm kind of skipping forward, but when did the process of book writing come into Mm -hmm. your mind? So it was December 16th. Well, I can say that it was December
0: 16th that I opened up my first Google Doc and had my phone out in front of me and I went through my notes app where I, every single month I had a new note that said like accomplished in January, accomplished in February. Mm. And I started going through that. And my idea was just to put it into one place. And so okay. I'm starting yes. to just put this in one place and then I'm starting to rearrange it. And then I'm starting to move things around. And then I'm starting to connect, yes. to connect dots from like things I was doing at the beginning of the year that led to things in the middle of the year. And even bigger things at the, end, at the end of the year. So as I was organizing all this, I'm like, "This is really cool. I need to share." And I didn't know the right way to share. And got it. And honestly, like everyone's a little bit turned off with oversharing. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm not just going to like do this like giant rant of a Facebook post. But I just I just kept I just kept at it. I just kept every single day adding a little bit to it. Kept reorganizing. Um, and I'll, I'll say the moment it really took off and became a project was I decided one day I needed help. Right? I'm not a writer. This is a first time thing. I discovered that you can actually self-publish your own Kindle books. That was all this was going to be as a Kindle book. And now it's a paperback as well. But it was, uh, you know, the moment discovering how easy it is to, to self-publish and seeing this outline completed and realizing I need help. And I actually posted, uh, This is kind of embarrassing, but I didn't know what else to do. I posted an ad on Craigslist. These guys, right. $7. I didn't know you could do this going into this. And I said, like, I need a ghostwriter or an editor. And I saved this this ad. I got like over 50 replies in a matter of like three or four days to this ad. Oh my and there gosh. Were, yeah. And the replies were across the board. Like people were either just saying like, that's awesome. Like kudos. Other people were saying, I will write this book for you, but it'll cost $10,000. I'm not kidding. That was one quote. Oh um, gosh. And other people were saying, I just want to help you. And I basically do it for free. I'm equally passionate about this topic. So the range was just across the board, mm-hmm. but that was just like a light bulb moment that like, wow, people are... Either really interested in just making some money (laughs) this way and helping, or more importantly, I, I could tell people were interested in the topic and kind of the vision I laid out. In this post.
1: I love that. I love that. So um, I, there's so much there that I want to come back on, but I guess one of the things that stands out is it was January, 2018. You started to have some small wins and then that accumulated of course the year and you were taking notes all that way. So by the time it was December, 2018, yeah. you had had like actual words on paper. It wasn't like you necessarily just started from a clean, fresh slate. Right. That's a good point. Right.
0: Yeah, because you know what? Writing and deciding to take something like this on would be super intimidating to do it from scratch. So yeah, I mean, go into it with with some sense of an outline for sure. But luckily, you're right. I I didn't realize I was writing a book, but all year long. Okay. I was technically <laughs> writing a book.
1: Uh, I, You know, one of the things as a side note, kind of an offshoot, I'm an avid journaler and I was actually, my dad introduced me to journaling in junior high. And so just shout out to people to um, <laughs> keep a journal. And yeah. as, as it might seem, but even if you want to call it a diary, that's fine. I, I still write um, small journal entries uh, every single day. And it's just so helpful to do that sort of thing. And in your case, you can use it for good. Maybe you can repackage that and, and use that as a platform that's exactly right and
0: john first of all you probably have a book or two in there so let's connect on that uh, <laughs> but but second of all yeah as an ex educator as an ex high school teacher like i think i just have this like uh innate desire to share like share knowledge and okay. um, and it felt like a way of like paying it forward because you know i read all these books and you know i i pursued like perused all these these websites and, and all these youtube videos and like i felt like the whole year i was just kind of taking does that make sense mm. And it felt really, really good to just like share and in a sense, pay it forward, which is technically uh, the title of the last chapter and, and like a big message in this book, which is okay if you feel like you've learned something like share, because money should be a yes. conversation we're having and we're just not.
1: Oh man, that's um, um, something that I can rally behind as a financial planner. It's just, it's, it needs to be more of the conversation. This needs to be a family conversation. And part of my, yeah. like just my tagline for clients that I'm working with millennial or Gen Xers is great families start Start with planning. Great mm-hmm. families start with planning, and you need to talk about money. The money conversation is so important. So, um, let me come back to something else if I can keep picking up. Like, I'm trying to work through this, even though we have lots of tangents. Yeah. Um, yep. The idea of self publishing. Sounds daunting. So, what did you? What information did you find out? And what is even you, you? I mean, you. This book. It's right now. Even though this this will be published much later. This is uh, the end of March of twenty nineteen. So we're we're only talking like we're not. This is less, this is less than six months. So you mm-hmm. had the idea in December. You put all the content together and you published it in less than six months. How, that blows my freaking mind. So yeah, <laughs> they're telling me about self publishing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so Amazon. Like it's just such an incredible, but like we live in an incredible day and age, right? Where there are just like these anyone can be a publisher on on YouTube, a blogger, own a website, do all these kinds of things. And what I didn't realize is like anyone can technically be an author. As much as I'd like to pat myself on the back, like this is all like kudos to uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, which is um, the Amazon publishing program that I that I went through. And you know, it is it's definitely a process. You know, Um, I had to get, for example, like I had to hire someone on a website called Fiverr dot com to format the book appropriately so that i could submit it once i created like my my author's portal i'm not really sure what you call it so that i could submit it to amazon and there's a whole bunch of things you have to fill out you have to set your pricing it walks you through all the royalties i want to say for kindle it's something like 40 percent off every sale and for print I think this is a new thing and I don't know if they bought create space, but create space used to be where indie publishers went for physical paperbacks. Okay. Now it's one and the same. So I was only going to put out an ebook and I didn't think I'd make hardly any money off this thing. But when I saw in here that there was an opportunity that, you know, Kindle direct publishing and create space are now one thing gotcha. I could submit this book. Once I got it approved on the Kindle side, I could also submit it for print and the print royalties That's are true. definitely better and you can price your book appropriately. So I think my book's 999 for the, the paperback as of today, March twenty first. The the ebook version, I set it at four dollars. And I can change these at any time. And if you enlist your book to be exclusively available through Amazon, there's actually other opportunities. So I can run ads through through this portal, which I do, like sponsored posts or sponsored search results essentially, um, yeah. against specific keywords. I also enlisted in a program that they have called Kindle Unlimited. So people that are subscribers to this program, Kindle Unlimited, I think it's a monthly subscription price. It is. Yeah. Yeah. They get to download my book for free because my book is exclusive to Amazon. I'm eligible in this program. And then based on downloads and pages read, I get a small slice of the, the giant pie that they okay. get from the subscription. So um, nice. it's just a really, really cool process and program. And, and it didn't take a look. from creating my account to, to getting it approved, I think was a week, maybe 10 days total from the first time I submitted it. And I had to tweak a few things. And then shortly after it was available for pre-sale.
1: You you had all this stuff written down first on the phone, like your iPhone yep. notes, and yep. <laughs> then it, and then it became like a Google Doc, right? Correct. And then like a Google Doc, I mean. So this is a um, I don't know what the dimensions are on the book, but it looks like just like a normal you know paperback book and um, <laughs> five like by eight, eight or something, or something yeah. Uh, yeah, five by eight. You know, it's a little over a hundred pages long. So you know, um, do you know actually how many words it is with the word count? Oh, that's a good question. I think it. Uh, I want to
0: say twenty thousand was my goal. And I I definitely exceeded that I wanted to write a 100 page book. Like I wanted a quick read, like a, like pick it up one time, hopefully get sucked into it and done like a two hour experience, like a movie, right? That's like the perfect length in my mind. So for this first one, that's, that's kind of what I was aiming for.
1: Okay, I gotcha. So yeah, it went from, you know, Google Doc or Word Doc, whatever it was, you know, 20,000 words or something like that. And there are some images in here like graphs and things yep. like that. So it was the Fiverr person, the one that, that actually did the dimensions and did all the spacing because, you know, it's just one of those things that you never think about until you actually have to publish a book. Like, oh, this paragraph needs to be on this page, not that page. And here, yep. you know, this uh, this graphic onto page 11 or something like that and make it so yeah who who is all? yeah, that all, that hands on are you? That might have been the hardest part of the process. and And going back
0: to what you said about the images, I learned I learned a lot through this, obviously, but what I learned was adding images actually takes out a small cut of your royalty. So I think the royalty actually starts at like seventy percent for paperback. But if, depending on how many images you have in the book because that's extra ink, and depending on how many pages the book is, you actually lose some of your royalties in the printing. So I lose like $2 or whatever in that phase. So I, I end up making like $4 on the $10 book, if anyone's curious. So um, yeah, I handed it off to a guy that I found on Fiverr and... I found someone that was new to fiber and had like really really good costs, and he was a West Coast guy. And uh, it's a leap of faith, right? I actually hired it's one person, huge. and it it came back really really bad. And I just said, okay, good, I'm moving on. And I <laughs> I paid them and called the project over, and I tried another guy, and it came back good. But the more I dug into it, the more I was finding problems, and literally at that point, still typos and things like that that were actually my fault. Yeah, um, got it. So we went back and forth. He, he was so cool because his post offered unlimited revisions. So we went back and forth forever and I'm not kidding you 22 versions later we were done and it was approved and even so actually it was more like 14 but then even once it was approved I kept finding things and going back Um, when the print book showed up the like the words bled kind of into the margins where it became almost hard to read when you opened it on the inner margin and so I went back and, and had him adjust those. What I didn't know was by doing that, this added like 10 or 12 pages to the length of the book, which again, cut in, cuts into your royalty. So it's just all these little things that, that you learn wow. the
1: process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's super fascinating. I guess I'm not quite sure, um, embarrassingly, admittedly, like why that's cutting into your royalty. So what is, what is the length of the book have to do with the royalty? Like why, if this was a 300 page book, what's, what's that doing?
0: Yeah, I guess it's just like their resources, right? At their printing facilities. Um, So I can't argue with it because like, I never in a million years thought I could say, I wrote this physical book that's in my hand that has my name on it. Like, this is like such a cool, this wasn't even on my bucket list, right? Like, this is just one of those things you don't even realize you could do. Um, So I, it's definitely not a complaint by any means, but um, I've had just so many questions about like royalties and how it works. And I think deep down it's because everyone thinks they got a book inside of them. And and I encourage everyone, like, do it. Like, put yourself out there. Like, you could put together a book of just, just charts or pictures, or it could be 20 pages. And technically, you could also be a published
1: printed author. Mm, that's so true. And I think actually there's, there's a lot of power to that. Even if, um, even if the only thing that happens there is you changing in your mind, rewriting the script <laughs> from like, I'm just a taker and first now I'm a creator. And yeah. I think like I've even have some personal experience to this like somewhat recently, but I just feel like I think the thing that a lot of people would run up against, or if I just use myself as an example, like I just literally never thought, <laughs> that I I have never thought that I could write a book. And I'm sure a lot of yeah. people love that. And then you you just like chose to overcome that, which is the one of the biggest wins out of this. Saw, yeah. It's all the fact that you get to, you know, and, make money and maybe do it again or whatever.
0: And I would say, yeah, again, this is I didn't write the book obviously to, to make money, but it is truthfully, I, I realize this after publishing, like this is a source of passive income that will always be mine. Even if I only sell one book a day, right? Which is what I think I might be averaging right now. That's still like $4 or whatever a day you make. Technically, they say like while you sleep. So I want to do several more of these. And I have like all kinds of ideas. And, and one of them is going to be about passive income. And so this is kind of like one of the stories I'll tell in a future book along with a lot of other things I, I hope to, to kind of experiment with and do in the future. So I would encourage everyone to do it. Um, you you even you don't even have to use your real name. Like you can use a, an author's pen name. You don't even have to tell friends and family to to get into this kind <laughs> right. of thing. Like, Isn't that kind part of, the of the fun part? The,
1: that's one of the hurdles. That's one of the stumbling. Yeah, parts. it's like telling friends and family who should be supporters and them looking at you like. What? You know? Yeah. And, and like it's, somehow that's a huge barrier.
0: Yeah, it's really because it, it's scary. I, I debated the same thing, like to put my name on it or not, because no one knew I was going through this thing. And I mean, I put right in here what my net worth is, like right up front. So it, it's a scary thing to do to put your name on, but it is so satisfying and fulfilling. And I was like absolutely, I can't even tell you, like blown away by the response of, of family and friends. Like I have yet to hear one negative thing. And I hear that's like, Uh, something I have to go through is like a one-star review. Like every author goes through that. Uh, It's going to happen. It's a rite of passage. It's going to happen. Now I'm like looking forward to it. But honestly, John, I was like blown away by just how kind people were about one, the accomplishment and and two, like the stuff that is in the book. Like I I still get like screenshots randomly from friends of their ebook on their phone through the Kindle app, uh, sending it to me like with
1: the little... Hallelujah uh, emoji. Like
0: I'm doing this. Like it's just so satisfying. Like those. That, yeah, that that's what makes
1: it super worth it. Yeah, I like that. Let's talk about. Um, we've talked about the work that you did on the book, and then maybe if we can shift gears just for a few things, it doesn't have to be whatever because, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff on personal finance out there. Yes, yes. Um, but um, inside the book, so like the experience that you personally went through with money, whether it's um mm-hmm. you know, debt, uh, student debt, consumer debt, or investing, or Uh, insurance? Is there like one or two things that you felt like were notable um, to share? Oh man, that's such a tough one because there's 101 things that's on
0: the front of the book. Um, (laughs) That's great. No, I mean, and and it's all over the place, right? Like I try to walk through like I decided not to go chronologically. I decided to go through like topically, like chapter one is getting organized and looking at your financial self in the mirror and like physically, like literally what does that look like to get organized? And I try to make it personal. Like everything in there is like, well, I should say like 95% of the things in there were my story and like the things that I went through. And I encourage readers, like try 80 if you can. Like, a lot of these things may not apply to everyone. And I fully call that out and recognize that upfront. And I also like say, like skim the book if you want, like find the thing in there. Whether it's, you know, learning about Roth IRAs or HSAs or, you know, automation, the basics, like it can be any of that stuff, like skip to that chapter that interests you because... I did that with a lot of books, right? I, I found the thing that made the most sense. And I started there. And then I started finding other things I, I didn't know were super relevant that ended up becoming super relevant. But you know, in terms of something that's in the book, you know, it's one of the aha moments, there's two big aha moments. I had. The first one was just learning about the power of compound interest and how it can work in your favor. That's like, that was like the biggest mind blowing moment of the year. <laughs> I, I had yeah. had hints of what compound interest was in my yes. life. Um, in fact... Being a teacher, this was the first time I got exposed to compound interest and I didn't even know what was what I was looking at. I remember at my orientation them showing me how that the pay structure works and you get a fixed raise every year it's like two and a half percent or something not huge right and but at least you know you're guaranteed that so I really couldn't complain at the time but if you had a master's degree you earned it was like two percent year one 2.5 percent year two. 3% raise year three, five percent raise year four, ten percent raise year ten, like whatever it is, right? And so they show you they show you the chart of what you can make over a 10 or 20 year period as a teacher. And with that master's degree, that chart bends and goes way up. And without it, it, and there are plenty of teachers out there that are technically millionaires using, if you look at their retirement account. So compound interest is is insane. Like, and and time is your biggest asset. So the the sooner you get started in investing and your 401k, you're investing. You have a 401k, you're already investing. A lot of people don't don't realize that. And by the way, that investment is diversified. I'm almost certain it is. You should definitely dig into like what that money, how that's all set up on the inside. But you're diversified, you're investing, and the sooner you do it, the better. And the more you can put in there, the better. So I have charts and numbers. It's in the book. You can check it out. It's pretty mind boggling like between what time you start investing in your 401k and what that, that difference looks like. So...
1: Yeah, I'm looking at a chart here on page 39. It does a really good job. This says Source Nerd Wallet, and it's got just yeah. a perfect chart, really. And you know, being in the industry, I've seen lots of these, but it never gets old. And there's a famous quote, I think, Einstein is attributed to, but they say, uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder. Eighth of wonder of the world. world. Yeah, so yep. let's talk about the rule of 72, because this is on this page 39 as well. So can you can you describe the rule of 72?
0: Yeah, yeah off the top of my head. Um, okay, I think you take... Uh, So let's see the rule of 72. I'm just going to, I'm just going to
1: read it out of the book. You mind? Um, no, not at all. And then I can, I don't mean to like three and the the fire here. So no, I love it.
0: This is, this is good. This stuff gets me excited, excited, right? John, I went a whole year not talking about this stuff. So I love this stuff. Like I get, I like nerd out over the stuff. So here's what I I wrote. I'll just read it because it's short. The rule of 72, this is a simple formula that helps you estimate how long it would take you to double your investment. To use the rule Yep, that's it. To use the rule, you take 72 and divide it by your rate of growth, which is the interest. So if you invested $1,000 today and it earned 7% annually, how long would it take to double? Simple. Take 72 and divide it by 7. It'll take you just a hair over 10 years to turn this $1,000 into $2,000 if you set it and forget it today.
1: Awesome.
0: Is that right? Don't tell me I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I got to go reprint. I got to go do a twenty-second version.
1: Yeah, you got to reprint this. Um, no, this is perfect. I think um, the way that I've thought about it as a financial advisor, and the way that I think about it with my clients, is mm-hmm. let's take a ten-year period. If you have a seven point two percent return per year over that ten years, money will yep. double. So yes. we have a hundred thousand dollars today. 10 years goes by, we've got that 7.2% rate of return on average. And um, there's some more technical things here. People are going to be freaking out on me about drawdowns and this and that. And, you know, um, and 7% isn't guaranteed standard standard deviation and blah, blah, blah. But we're just talking math rules, you know, so the the math rule, it's an easy way to think about it. I think there are some other important things, you know, 6, uh, 6% is like, you know, 12 years. And so here's
0: the, here's the coolest thing. What happens? So that's, that's how it doubles one time. How many time? how many years would it take to double yeah, again? That's it what is. gets
1: so exciting. Yeah, because so it's not it, just one hundred to two hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. Then it's two hundred thousand to four four hundred thousand. That's the aha right for yeah. me that I had. It was cool. just like
0: I gotta right now go open a Roth IRA. I gotta up uh, my my four hundred one k to uh, the maximum, which I think is nineteen thousand dollars this year. Like just do it, just do it. You yeah. like the future you will thank you. There's no doubt about it.
1: The future you will so thank you. I think um, one thing I have to throw in here too is and um, the and I think that the the idea of compound interest was introduced to me in some of my training courses. But what wasn't was interest on consumer debt or mm-hmm. uh, car loans. Once again, see the same way reversal of the yep. same idea of uh, rule of seventy-two, but I just only until recently hadn't quite admittedly really felt that up and close, you know. And if you're yep. paying car loans and you're consistently at some six or seven percent car loan, mm-hmm. you. 10-year period of having this car, you will have paid double the price of of that car. A $30,000 car, you've now leased it, or you've done a car loan or whatever. You've got multiple cars over this 10-year period. You've now shelled out. $60,000 $60,000 to buy that one initial car. Oh and I just, it freaks me out. And I think it speaks to, well, it speaks to a lot of other things, but I just wanted to bring up for the listeners that rule of 72 applies to both investing and to debt <laughs> and to, steer yeah, clear to understand yep. what you're
0: getting into. One of my rule of thumbs uh, I like to think about is if you're buying something on sale with a credit card and you're not in a position to pay it off right away because you all should be. But if you're not in a position to pay off your credit card right away and you're buying something on sale, you're no longer buying that thing on sale. And in fact, that thing might cost twice as much depending on how long it takes you to pay it off to your point uh, over time. So it's just something to think about on on the daily.
1: I love it. Um, There's tons more that I want to talk about, um, but just to be sensitive to everybody's time and to keep this sort of compact, we'll have to have you back on because um, I could go on for hours. I'd love it. Yeah. Are there other things that are on your mind that you feel like you want to share with people either about the experience of doing the actual book or things that are in there? Um, What else do you feel like you're passionate about that we haven't talked
0: about? Yeah. Something's coming to mind right away, which is um, I'm thinking about, like I wrote this book because it was the book like, old me needed to read. I read so many books and they're all great and they stand the test of time. But like, I needed that like modern up-to-date advice or I needed like just someone in my corner or whatever. And so if, if I were talking back to, to old me, the end of 2017, me, like some of the advice I would give myself is number one, just get started. And some of this is obvious, right? But sometimes you just need to hear it, like get started. It's probably not as bad as you think it is. And by the way, you're not, you're not alone on this. So don't be scared to talk about it. Um, number two is set goals, and I, I don't. That goal can be getting out of credit card debt. By the way, should should be one of your first goals because that's the worst interest you're gonna have. Um, mm-hmm. My girlfriend's doing that right now, and she's gonna do it in one year. And I got out of fifteen thousand dollars of debt, credit card yeah. debt that was piling up, and she's gonna get out of you know ten thousand. And it's it oh, is no. like such so relief, yeah. But yeah. on the other end, like I don't care what that goal is. Like your goal, I thought my old goal was to buy a Tesla, right? <laughs> Whatever motivates you, like yeah. just find something that motivates you. Because the next step is pursue education. So, sure, sure. start with my book. I'll, I'll plug it. Start with my book. Start there. Yeah. Go find other books. Go, go find other podcasts. Just kidding. Only listen to this podcast. <laughs> You'll get everything here. Go, go find uh, you know different blogs and everything else. Just continue to learn, and then you're going to achieve the goal. And if your goal was, by the way, going back to that example, to buy a Tesla, by the time you have the money and you have the knowledge and the education probably aren't going to be interested in that Tesla anymore. And you're going to do something really smart with that money. Yeah. So whatever motivates you, find it, set a goal. I like more realistic, tangible, less than a year type goals, like getting out of credit card debt. But again, if you're dreaming big, dream big. You have to... It's cyclical. Get started, set goals, pursue education, do this a few times, readjust your goals as, as you need to. And then at the very end of this, pay it forward. I love because it. Money is, is time. Money gives you time back. And once you have that time, I think all of us would love to give time, money, energy forward, but we feel like we don't have the time. We don't have the money. We, we probably have the energy, but our jobs taking our time or, or whatever else, our bills are, are taking our money. So get started, set goals, pursue education, repeat. And then rinse and when, you're in, rinse and repeat, and when you're in a position where you can pay it forward, do it. And it can be little. It can just be your time on the weekend or it can be a big donation to a charity that you're passionate about about. Yeah. You know, when disaster strikes and you want to be able to send money to the Red Red Cross, like it feels so good and empowering when you can do that. So it starts with education and goal setting. That is the message I would would definitely love to to send.
1: It's an awesome message. We're talking with Frankie Calkins. You can find out about his book on Amazon. It's called The Money Resolution. Or check out the website, themoneyresolution.com. We will definitely have you back, Frankie. Thanks for being with us, man. For sure. And next time, let's talk about how we need
0: to teach this in schools everywhere. Uh, personal finance, it just... Yep unbelievable that this isn't a required course in, in mm-hmm. classes across the country so that's that's like the big 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 mission here that's gonna take many right. many years to achieve and a lot of support but uh let's talk about that next time
1: okay next time we're gonna talk about how to get this in terms of like yeah education so yeah. that's great are you even just teaching your own kids at home they could start there it could start there my three little kids three two and one we could start there
0: yeah what <laughs> have you have you been teaching them things
1: oh or are they no, too young no
0: yeah, so yeah. We'll <laughs> Just start there. with Monopoly someday Trust or something. Me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. All right, bro. Thanks so much. Talk to you
1: soon. Appreciate
0: Bye-bye. it, John. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments and feedback. For additional information, check out the thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.